You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands in the leisure and entertainment industries get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit nicolarowley.com for more details and read Nicola's Amazon best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. It's not a solo episode, but it's not even really a business episode. I thought we'd do a personal episode because there hasn't been one for a while and lots of you have asked for one. And so I've got Sam here, my husband and copywriter, Sam, on the podcast with me. Hello. So it kind of is a business one because I do work for your company, don't I? I know, we probably won't talk much business in this I don't really know what we're going to talk about when we start. That is the problem, because whenever me and Sam do a podcast like this, we don't plan what we're going to say. We just talk about what's been going on. But I definitely wanted to do a life update, because I feel like loads has happened since the last time we did one of these kind of more personal life update ones. So if you're in it for business advice, please just skip to the next one. (laughs) I might come up with some nuggets of business advice yet. You never know. Might you? Well, you know. The girl that you are. yeah, the guru. Yeah. Don't take the mickey out the guru, way I say things. Guru. I say guru. Okay, that's not relevant, is it? <laughs> so let's first talk about your cancer. So mm. obviously, I think the last time we came on, we talked about how you, it's exactly a year since you had the op, I think two days ago, it's exactly a year. And um, obviously when you first got the cancer last year, we were both terrified. We didn't know what that meant you hear the word cancer and you just spiral and then you booked him for the operation to have your prostate out so that it's you know there were choices by the way like having that operation which is a major operation wasn't the only choice some people decide to just watch it and make sure the cancer doesn't grow too quickly but because you were young um yeah you can get radiotherapy as well which is targeted so it's not like chemo so they actually put something that's loaded with radioactivity in your prostate to target that specific area but yeah because i am it's nice well not nice but it's unusual to have a circumstance when i'm classes young these days <laughs> so that was quite nice and they said i was fairly healthy and it was fairly small the tumor so it made sense to get the op done it grows quicker yeah. if you're young yeah so you don't want to take that risk so we were just like just get it out but it was a big old operation and you were on downtime for a while yeah it was horrible i'm not you know saying that other people don't go through equally awful times and surgeries and stuff like that but it was the, the, there was a couple of weeks after when it was tough i mean yeah. it was really tough because i had to eat food you made me but yeah. it was it was actually tough <laughs> physically and mentally i think for both of us is i think often it's overlooked when people talk about uh an operation of this scale is the mental impact that it has on not only me, i.e. the person I've done, but the people around me. Um, because oh, I don't think we thought about that either. Like, we were just we like, right, let's get it done. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens afterwards. We'll deal with it. But we didn't, I think we probably should have had some form of counselling on how big a life change it was going to be for a while. Um, and we didn't. And we just went into it carrying on doing our normal 
thing that we're always like, we'll just get through it. We always get through everything. Mm. And actually it was like, it's probably one of the most stressful years of our lives. And um, I think what made it more so was that then and now I don't even kind of think that I was ill or, you know, because let's, let's remember I had no symptoms by the way, as plenty of men are the same, had no symptoms. Um, I never felt ill. I went to hospital one morning and had an operation and then I came home and was rough for a couple of weeks. And so when I see people like collective with cancer research and prostate and, and that kind of thing, I kind of think, oh yeah, that's you. that was me. You know, and well, I'm only, it's only in remission as everyone would know. It's not cured. That doesn't happen. Is that your main worry now? Like this every three months having the blood test? Yeah. I don't think it'll ever go away. And speaking to mates of mine who have been through it, it never does go away. And obviously you get on with your day-to-day life, but it's not like you break your arm, they put a cast on your arm, your arm is fixed. Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't work like that, as we all know. So whilst I am, you know, massively confident and everything's fine and I'm back to where I, have, I was before the op, there is still a niggly little fear at the back of your mind that, you know, who knows, next blood test, who knows? Yeah, but I suppose you just have to deal with that if it, like if and when it happens, when and if it happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it was it was traumatic, but we're through the other side now. It definitely impacted both of our mental health. I, I think it did the boys as well. But you don't see a lot of that, I think, until you're out the other side of it and you look at how stressful it was when you were in it because nothing changed. I still run the business the same. Yeah, yeah. And then I also think that they should offer you some form of... Uh, counseling or something as a couple because no one neither of us knew really what it would entail neither of us knew what would come afterwards and even when we were going through it afterwards neither of us really knew what is this normal is this how it always goes fortunately randomly fate whatever you call it i met a guy the morning i was having my operation who's now known as prostate dave in our (laughs) household um and he was about the same age as me having exactly the same op and he came in and had a chat with me before we went in. And then as luck would have it, he was put in the bed next to me in recovery after the operation. So we've kind of stayed in touch since then. So and you have I, a benchmark then, yeah. don't you? Because you say, how are you feeling about this? Absolutely. And I think that's that's what I meant about, because no one really knows. The only people who really know is someone who's been through it. So now Dave and I kind of chat and say, especially the first couple of months after, it's like, oh, are you getting this? Or what happened when this happened with you and that kind of thing. It was really nice to have someone that was living it at the same time and is is now living it at the same time. Now, so. if you listen to this, I want you to remember that Sam had no symptoms. The only reason we found this prostate cancer is because we went for a full health MOT. Um, so if you have a husband or if you are a husband or if you are a man that is listening to this or if you have sons, please make sure they go and get their prostate checked because if we'd have found it later when you had symptoms i dread to think really i mean it's the most common cancer in men in the uk in the world um and it is so easy to detect and a lot of men i'm not going to go into details are nervous of how doctors test you i'll leave it at that men will know what i'm talking i know what you're talking about yeah um even if you do have that that's five seconds out of your life get over it. Um, but that isn't the main way. The main way, they do a blood test and, and they will measure your levels and that's the first stage. So all you need to do is book your PSA test in uh, and, and that's your first step. And if you're nearing 50 or over mm-hmm. 50, you need to do that. Once Don't, a year. Once yeah. a year if you're 50 or over. Um, if you have a history of prostate cancer in your family, 
from age of 40 and over, you need to be doing it once a year. So, yeah, that's so, and you're quite good at like now speaking up about this mm -hmm. because you want other people to get it checked out. Because like we said, if we hadn't randomly gone for that MOT health test, we could be in a very different position um, when the symptoms started because often it's too late by then. Um, so that was the first thing that happened. Second thing that happened, I suppose, since we last spoke is the kids. So the kids were being homeschooled by us for six months so that they could travel with us. Finian came with me uh, to a retreat I did in New York with um, about 20 women. Albert's been kind of listening in on things I'm doing. They had a tutor for three hours a day, but we really wanted them to experience business life rather than just school. So we took them out for six months until they started secondary school. I don't think that we were at all prepared for secondary school. Wow, especially the choice of secondary school we made, which entails um, them getting on a bus at 7.30 a.m. and getting home at 5.15 p.m. And physical, as much as mental whack on yeah. them has been unbelievable. Because they have homework after that. They have to go to school on a Saturday to play sports, whether they like sports or not. Which they don't. And they don't like sports. So it has been really tricky that first two weeks was really hard and they were shattered. We were shattered. I was getting seven emails a day from the school about different things that needed to happen and we needed to do. And it suddenly dawned on me that being a parent of a child in second school is perhaps thought of as a full-time job, which is difficult if you have a full-time job. I found it really interesting because I had massive mixed emotions when they went back. Part of me was like, this is the mutts. I've got a full working day, nine till five, no interruptions. And still that is amazing. And I'm getting so much more done in the last few weeks than I did in the few months before that. But I did kind of miss them. Annoying though they are, you got I got so used to having them around and sharing little bits of banter with them and making them the lunch and all of that, that I did miss them. And I think that's a little microcosm of parenting, isn't it? Yeah. When, when you have them, you don't know that you're appreciating them. And when they go away, you realise, oh, I do miss them a bit. Yeah, because a lot of the time they're just a nightmare and you want to get rid of yeah, them. Yeah, no, totally. And <laughs> we're always very honest about that. They, they can be an absolute nightmare. But it's still, like I say, that paradox of parenting that that... They drive you nuts, yeah. but you want them around. I think they've they've got into a bit of a rhythm now with school, and I think we're just about getting settled. We were one of those people that the day before they started were supposed to start school, the school realised that 90% of the school was made of that concrete that wasn't allowed to be there. Mm -hmm. So they are having a lot of their lessons in a marquee in the school grounds, which isn't great, but it is what it is. And to be fair on them... I think they've adapted pretty well. And I think kids generally do. They kind of go about their business, don't they? They're quite pragmatic about life. Yeah, I think Albert found it difficult because he finds it really hard to make friends. Yeah, he does. So this is the issue with the least 20 twins yeah. in the world. So one of them, Finn, is outgoing. He's confident. He'll talk to an adult with eye contact and, you know, engage in conversations on any subject and makes friends very quickly. And Alb is Alb and he, he's... um a unique personality who doesn't make friends very quickly, does suffer from anxiety. Um, and so it was a huge challenge for him, but he seems to have made a really nice friend already and a little group great. of friends around him. And that's really made the difference. His anxiety really suffered. Like we're used to um, Albert's anxiety on a day-to-day -day basis. We know how to deal with it. 
And then as soon as he started school, I don't know whether it was because of tiredness and just the change, his anxiety went through the roof and he started not being able to sleep at night and having real proper panic attacks of anxiety, which we haven't seen for a while. I do think, like, tiredness, I think, can have... I think a lot of it was tiredness. We got used to him having a certain bedtime while they weren't doing much, if we're honest, and they could cope with that. But suddenly when they're doing, you know, what, 10 hours from start to finish and then homework we kind of thought they could maintain that bedtime and it's, maybe it's just a thing that most parents realize but it took us a little while to grab it that they couldn't do the day they're doing going to bed when they were going to bed it was just yeah. too much oh, i feel like we're settling in again i think we're settling in i feel quite good about it i do feel fantastic that i can get so much work done yeah um, we're having a big argument at the moment because i want to as soon as it gets into this kind of weather my immediate thought is I need to live abroad and not in this country. I also think it kind of kills me that I have to pay so much tax when so many of my friends go to another country and don't pay any tax. But every single autumn we get to this point where we go, we should live somewhere else. Like- well, wait, before, right, <laughs> over the last few weeks, there's been a couple of reasons you wanted to move out, aren't there, Lise? So the first one was the spiders. I can't, I've got a phobia. You well, can't I know, but that. I, I sympathise. I mean, I don't think they're pretty. I mean, they're not... That's different from having a phobia. I know, I get it. But I don't think saying you want to move out and sell the house that we've lived in for five months because of some spiders is a rational thing to do. You told me when we moved in, this isn't a spider house. What am I? Chris Packham? I don't know, do I? I don't know who that is. But you said it wasn't a spider house. And then in September, the most giant spiders I've ever seen in my life were in this house. They were big ones. But um, I Googled that and they're everywhere. That, like up to two weeks ago, they're everywhere across the country. Mild autumn, uh, they're hanging around looking for their little spider mate, aren't they? To well, make little spiders with. I've heard that there's 63 spiders in an average house, which terrifies me. I thought it'd be more than that. What? If you think tiny little money spiders are included in that, that you couldn't even see if you're close up. I don't mind them. And also our house is probably bigger than the average house, bear in mind. So saying. you're now telling me that the spiders have gone and it was a September thing, but I think you're lying and just getting them before I, I um, Last one I saw two weeks ago of any size. I've seen a couple of tiny ones, tiny, tiny ones. So I w- if that had carried on into October... I was, so that was, f- that was reason one for moving I was going out. to put reason the house two, on the market. Reason two, always on the horizon when you get towards September, is autumn's coming, it's going to get dark, it's going to get cold, Lisa's sads goes through the roof, and um, whereas me and Al would go, oh, lovely autumn, get wrapped up, <laughs> it's lovely. Um, so, yeah, that was reason two. The tax one, can't argue with that. That's a common-sense approach for moving away, but... I like an English autumn, and then I also like an English winter. Do you realise you're not going to see the sun again until, like, May? I'm going to Barcelona on Thursday. I mean, in this country. <laughs> um, uh, no, we will see it. You get lovely, crispy, sunny days. That's what me and Albert like. You can't plan anything. You can't go, oh, let's have a barbecue no, outside. But you or... can't really do that in England in July, can you, to be honest? That's a problem. Let's move out. Mm. That's another topic for another podcast debate, isn't it? <laughs> We've been deb- debating lots of things this this month there's been a lot of things that we are seeing on social media that we sometimes agree with sometimes don't agree with each other on one of the things that we do agree with at the moment is the inability on social media to be able to say anything these days without someone trying to cancel you i've now decided that i'm living life as if i've already been cancelled because it's freer <laughs> i think the the ability to debate has gone 
Well, that's gone. If you if you don't, if someone doesn't agree with you, it means you've triggered and that's them. Such a shame because we teach our kids to have opinions, to be able to debate, to disagree with someone, but to still be rational, to be polite, and to be objective and to be respectful. And yet, that seems to have gone because as soon as you say something that someone disagrees with, it all kicks off and you're gone. Like, you're like you say, you're cancelled. Well, that's nearly happened to me about three times this month. Lucky that I don't really say anything of value, do I, <laughs> on social media? Mine are generally dad jokes and, and quotes from the office and stuff like that. So well, I'm, You can get cancelled for that. Quotes from the office, definitely, careful. now. They'd yeah. do something there, wouldn't they? But, yeah, I feel like every time I put anything out there now, with like, it doesn't matter what it is. No. It doesn't matter what it is. Someone will want to challenge my opinion or say that... I, I'm not allowed to think like that for some kind it's of It's like reason. that one when someone put, oh, I really love grapefruit. And then someone goes, what about pineapples and lemons? I can't believe you left us out. Quite frankly, I'm fuming. Yeah. It's, it's like that, isn't it? But it does feel like that. I feel like I'm almost scared sometimes, or was, to write anything online for the uh, fear of triggering someone about something. Obviously, the world is changing for the better in loads of ways. We're a more open society. We're a much more accepting culture overall. Um, and a lot of the kind of intolerances that were there were being chipped away at, but it kind of gets to a point where you think, has it been chipped away too far? Yeah, because you're not allowed to say but anything. It's a really tricky one, so I just probably won't say anything. Whereas I will just say the same things that I was saying before and just have you more will. haters. Yeah, you will. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. that's what we have to deal with. Um, it's, it must be really interesting for you, like... Obviously, quite a lot happen. I get quite a lot of crap online and people saying nasty things about me and all sorts of things like that. We've had we've had a fair bit, and over the past couple of months, we've had a few bits. And I'm sort of my new thing is I'm not getting involved yeah. in the drama, and so people keep trying to pull me into things. They want me to sort of reply back to them not liking me, and I just refuse to have anything to do with it. What, what I'm all like for that. You? you know I'm not great with confrontation at the best of times, am I? It's like the whole phone someone up thing. Have you phoned them yet? Well, I texted them earlier. Have you phoned them yet? Dropped them an email. <laughs> Have you phoned them yet? Yeah, dropped them another text, yeah. Um, but I, I, it's a mixed bag for me. Part of me, when these people are popping up and being mean, part of me feels sorry for them because some of this stuff has been rumbled along for years and yet they still don't seem to be able to let it go. Part of me wants to get all alpha on them and pop round <laughs> and deal with it in the old-fashioned way. I never would have. Um, and part of me thinks, yeah, you're absolutely right. Just let it go because it, it doesn't bring anything positive into your life. They're no. still going to be feeling this bitterness or jealousy or whatever it's stemming from. Um, and ultimately, it's rare that you can change. However, there have been people in the past who you have interacted with and spoken to and kind of, I don't know, worked your magic on them and they have changed their opinions about you, haven't they? And that has happened over the years. Lots of people have yeah, that. Yeah, so that kind of negates what I was saying a minute ago. Should you then interact and engage? I think there's probably some people who have... Too far gone. Too far gone, yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of the time these days, I'm so focused on the business. We've got yeah. such big plans and stuff that's happening that when someone writes something about me and people send it to me and go, oh, I think this is about you, about something you did, I don't even read it anymore. Nah, and I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head with the first thing you said there. There's so much going on with the business. It's so exciting at the moment. The whole team is pulling together brilliantly and you know, this, the team is the best it's yeah, ever it's, been. It is. It definitely is. And the atmosphere is amazing. The the willingness to, you know, pick up stuff that probably isn't within individual people's remits and just do it. Um, 
So, yeah, I think the focus needs to be on that because we've got that. These people who are rumbling in the background most definitely don't have that. No, and I think that is it. Like, you can really be distracted by this kind of crap online, or you can decide not to be. Because if you are distracted by it, will that benefit you, your business, your mental health, your relationships in any way? No, when you get involved, there can be no argument if one person decides yeah. not to play. <laughs> I mean, they can try because they do. Some people do try, don't they, to keep going and going and going. But they get bored in the end. It's like yeah. a puppy, isn't it? You stop throwing them the ball, they've got nothing to bring back to you. That's right. That's how I see it. Like, I'm just not going to play anymore. I don't think they're going to roll over and have their belly rubbed. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's been it's been interesting having a different viewpoint on it and just not just not getting involved and not and deciding that even if someone says something about me that isn't true, that doesn't mean I have to defend the myself. you have, though, you have a massively passionate sense of right and wrong and, a, and a, a need to stick up for injustice and for bullying in any way, and that's where you find it hard. I just yeah. go, delete that one, pretend I haven't seen it. In my average man compartmentalising skill, I put it over one side and forget about it. You can't do that. I try. Yeah, it's like when we watch a horror film. You can't get that out of your brain. I just go, oh, that's finished. Get on with the day. No, see, I'm in it. I feel like things are going to get that me. That one from... we watched the that other day. horrible. I still haven't slept because of that. We have, So we have a, a bed with a telly in it. So sometimes on a Saturday morning, we watch a, a scary film. And... It's the only time I can watch a scary film because yeah. it's light outside and it's morning and I've got the whole day to watch Disney. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we do that and we watched one recently that... I, I've still got the nail marks in the backs of my hands oh my where God, she was grabbing terrifying. me. It was terrifying. And then for two days later, I think, why did I watch well, it? Because now I can't be on my own anywhere. Do you remember the time we watched Stephen King's It and I made you come to the toilet with me? Yeah, after that, not in the house, at the cinema, that yeah. was. Yeah, I was loitering outside the ladies, well, actually inside the door of the ladies, because <laughs> you couldn't have a wee after watching it, which isn't even that scary a film. Oh, was really Just that old lady in the kitchen in the background. That's the bit yeah. I didn't like. Yeah, yeah that, I'm not good with horror so i shouldn't really watch them, you shouldn't but i do and then that happens i want it on record that i don't force you to watch these films you are a willing participant in the watching of them i do but you make me sound like a, like i should be able to just get over it and know it's not real but in our usual loaded with tangents way it does turn back to what we were saying about not being able to let go of things because you can't let go of the injustice and you want to fight it yeah and so you you kind of hold things in, in the forefront of your mind longer than I do. I'm, I'm like, oh, look, football. <laughs> oh, oh, we're here. Look and at then, you, like, segueing. Oh, not bad, is it? Segueing. I do do that for a living thing. in writing, so it's not that different, <laughs> is it? I suppose. Yeah. Sam's had five clients with me. We did this thing um, this month or last month where the clients had a two-hour strategy session with me and then they had Sam doing whatever copy that they needed that came out of the strategy session. And he's feeling good at the moment because um, Sam's whole love language is words of affirmation and all five have given him, like, massively glowing testimonials. Like, Lisa, Lisa, have you read this? She's like, yeah, all right. Have you done that thing I've asked you to do yet? I'm like, but look, they said it was good. She's like, yes, I know. Get on with the next thing. <laughs> you need constantly to your ego in every, I do, yeah, I do. Maybe it's because I'm married to you, I don't get it much. Oh, I'm not that way inclined. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> Don't pat me on the head now. I probably will. <laughs> right, we better let these lovely people go. Yeah. Um, so that's our little update. If you would like more Sam and Lisa podcast, let me know. We might do an offshoot podcast where it is just me and Sam discussing just random topics um, because we quite like doing it. So let us know. And I will see you again next week for another episode of Making Money Online. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.
Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.